Hey, this is Gratuitous. Welcome to Music Production Made Simple, the show that focuses on best practices about music production, which is based on FL Studio. If you're wanting to become the best producer you could be, subscribe and listen weekly. You can also check out my courses, which teach you the principles and basics of music production. They'll get you up and running quickly. In addition, I also have books on Amazon and tons of music on Spotify. Always feel free to hit me up at hi at itsgratuitous.com. So let's get into the episode. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Gratuitous here. Welcome back to episode number 23. I'm going to be talking about two things in this episode. One's going to be talking about sleep, keeping a consistent schedule and how important it really is to truly be creative, uh, to have a clear mind and stuff like that. And second, we're going to be talking about some um, audio interfaces. Um, Okay. So before we get into the episode, I want to talk about that. I just released my course. It's called um, how to use a MIDI keyboard for beat makers. Again, the reason why I created this course was because I have a chat box on my website and one of the most common questions I received was how do I use a MIDI keyboard as, you know, as a beat maker to make my beats. So I made that course specifically just for all those questions that were asked. Uh, I uploaded like the intro video to YouTube and I saw that some of you guys were giving some dislikes to it. You know, um, again, my main reason for that was just um, I got lots of questions to it. So I just created a course. Hopefully it's going to benefit some of those of you who actually asked the question. Okay. So it is out there now. I'll leave the link in the resource section here. So again, it's called how to use a MIDI keyboard as a beat maker by me gratuitous. So I just want to talk about sleep. Okay. How important sleep is, uh, for myself, uh, I am an electrician. So, uh, that means that it's early mornings and, you know, I get the afternoon ish off, you know, I get off around three, uh, depending on the day. But my morning usually starts around like five o'clock in the morning. That's when like the alarm goes off. Uh, doesn't mean I actually get up at that time. You know, sometimes I hit snooze a couple of times. Depends on the day, but the alarm goes off around five. Okay. And really, uh, in order for me to feel good the next day, to have a clear mind, uh, and in all honesty, I feel that I'm the, the most productive is if I'm in bed before 9 p.m. Okay. Now this schedule can always change and obviously depending on your schedule, your work schedule, how you operate and stuff like that. And the reason why I say that is because being a beat maker and a producer and, you know, not only just you know, the creative side of things, but I also create these courses, do this podcast, currently writing, you know, another book. Um, but I do have books on Amazon for those of you who don't know, uh, you guys can check out my author name, Riley Weller. I have like safe spots, um, audio painting, as well as proper producer mindset. Those are just the three books I have on Amazon. But all I'm trying to say is Nowadays, it's so easy to get distracted. You know, you're on your phone, you're looking at, you know, whatever you're researching, it could be something beneficial, or you could just be like, you know, spending time on social media or whatever you're doing. It's so easy to get distracted. And all of a sudden you realize you're like, oh, now it's 930 or oh, now it's 10. Oh, now it's 1030. And you're just like, whatever, you know, I'll be a little bit tired tomorrow. But the thing is, you know, it kind of compounds, right? So it's really, really important that you do get a good sleep. I just find when I get a good sleep, it just makes the next day just so productive. Um, you know, even after I'm done like a full eight hour shift at my real job, I feel like I can come home and create whatever I want to create without that kind of cloudy kind of mind in a sense of, Oh, I'm tired or, Oh, I really don't feel like doing that. Again, when I get that rest, I actually want to work towards whatever, you know, I'm kind of working on again, whether that be like a beat tape, which I am working on, I'm working on my volume nine. Um, okay. So, you know, just maybe just a little wake up call or like a little reminder for you. Just don't forget how important sleep is. I know that, you know, you want to stay up late, you know, to take the most advantage of your night. But for me personally, 
I would rather go to, you know, be in bed by nine and have a super productive, you know, four or five hours, you know, at home rather than be tired and not be that productive. Okay. So now I just want to talk to you about an audio interface. Now, an audio interface is such a powerful tool for us beat makers. Uh, it allows us to do so many things like plug in, you know, high end microphones or our speakers. Now, I just want to talk about some of the features of an audio interface. Uh, you know, if you already have one, or if you're looking to buy a new one, or if you haven't even bought one yet. Uh, these are some things that, you know, my suggestions to you, some ways how you can kind of save money, as well as, um, I guess, like the brand I recommend. Uh, again, this is not like a paid sponsorship show. It's just, it's just all me here. I don't do like the paid sponsorship stuff. Uh, I guess pretty much the paid sponsorship would be me, me like promoting like my courses and stuff like that. So on an audio interface, you have what's called ins and outs. Okay. So a lot of these audio interfaces, you know, you're going to see like, um, four ins, two outs, and many times it's like four X two, or it could be like two X four or, you know, and what that is saying, saying is just like how many ins. So an in is something that you literally plug into your audio interface. So that could be like your, you know, microphone, it could be a guitar. Um, and it's just telling you that you have two inputs, you know, in the case, if you get a two, I two, or, you know, that's how focus, right. Uh, that's, the brand, which I do recommend, Focusrite. Uh, I have a Focusrite Scarlet. They've been amazing for me. Um, in my early years, I had an, um, an M-Audio audio interface. It was a Fast Track Pro. I must have got like a lemon or maybe it just wasn't a good product. It was a horrible experience when I upgraded to the Focusrite Scarlet. It was just, you know, night and day, just a great product. And from there on, I have actually upgraded to the second generation. So they had like their first generation you know, series, uh, they came out with a second generation and now they're on a third generation. I haven't had the chance to check out, uh, that audio interface. I'm sure it's, you know, it's an improvement because the second generation to the first generation was a huge improvement when it comes to latency, which I'll, I want to get into. Okay. So again, that, you know, um, the ins just allow you to plug in, you know, uh, equipment into the audio interface. Now you have the outs and this all depends on you as a beat maker. You know, how do you set up your studio? Do you have a lot of outboard gear? For me personally, I'm recommending to you to stay away from the outboard stuff, unless you're kind of dealing with like a preamp and maybe like a hardware compressor for your actual microphone. If you're going to like, you know, do like podcasts or, you know, do actual real recording or create courses. Like for myself, I have a, like a single channel preamp where I'm able to kind of uh, compress a little bit. It has a gate. I have an EQ on there. I just kind of do really, really light stuff on the, you know, on the actual channel strip. That way I have a, you know, a nice good signal going into my computer, but then I'll, I'll do like additional processing uh, with an EQ compression, a multiband compressor, DSing and stuff like that. So on the audio interface, you just have to think about what are you going to be using this audio interface for? Do you want to connect a lot of outboard gear? If you're going to, you're going to want to make sure that you have um, more than just two outs, okay? Because if you only have two outs, that means that you can just plug in your left and right speaker. If you have more outs, that means that you can send out on like the three and the four to outboard gear. And if you had more inputs or even just like the two inputs, you know, again, depending on your flow, uh, you would be able to send it out on like the three and the four, go through like your, all like your hardware, and then you can record it back into the audio interface. So again, it all depends on your workflow. Me personally, I honestly just suggest just work inside your computer. It's the future. It's the way to do it. It's the easiest way to do it. Um, you know, hardware is expensive. It takes up space um, and it can break. Whereas, you know, the digital file, you know, it's, it, you can keep it forever. 
Okay. In addition to an audio to uh, an audio interface, you know, so like you're able to plug in your microphones and guitars, but you know they actually have built-in preamps. Um, again, depending on the company, these preamps can be better or worse. And typically, like your goal of a preamp is just to get like a nice clean signal, uh, not have too much noise, so that you can record. It's a high quality, you know, recording, and then you can take that recording and process it however you want. Uh, nowadays, you know, companies have gotten quite good, but Again, my recommendation is a Focusrite Scarlett. Um, I currently just have the 2i2. So in my early years, I actually had the 2i4. So that means that I could plug in two microphones, but I had four outputs. So I would have one and two for like my left and right speaker. And then the three and the four, that was just a flexibility, you know, cause I can actually, um, I, you know, in my early years, I actually kind of wanted to get into like the hardware and I was like, oh, I want to kind of try it out and stuff. And again, I just realized it's not worth your time. Uh, the digital route is by far the best way. Um, but in addition, I also had what was called a Mackie Control Universal. It's just a MIDI controller with motorized faders. So the newer ones are just USB. And again, in the last episode, I talked to you about MIDI and MIDI is USB. It's, you know, make sure USB is your MIDI. It's the easiest way to do it. Back in the day, you actually had to have MIDI cables, which had an in and an out. So sometimes you actually needed to have two MIDI cables for it to communicate with you know, whatever you're wanting it to do. So in the case of my old Mackie Control Universal, I was able to plug that into my audio interface. Again, the 2i4 had MIDI connections in the back. The 2i2 doesn't. The reason why I'm saying this is because over my years, I've just found that using the mouse is by far the easiest approach to making music. But again, in my early years, I was like, oh, I want to try out all this hardware gear. I want to get the hands-on mixing. Um, you know, it's just kind of learning curves. But I needed the 2i4 to plug in that Mackie control. Once I realized that the mouse is by far the easiest way to do anything with music production, um, and then I upgraded to the second generation of the Focusrite series, I then uh, decided to go for the 2i2. Again, that's two inputs, two outputs, but it didn't have the option for MIDI inputs and stuff like that. So with this audio interface that I'm talking to you on right now, I wasn't able to like, you know, use this Mackie control and stuff like that. But that allowed me to save money because, you know, if you look at the price difference between the 2i2 and the 2i4, you know, there is a price difference. So again, when you're purchasing an audio interface, you just want to think about what are you using this audio interface for? How many microphones or, you know, inputs are you going to be plugging in at once? Uh, are you like recording like a band? If you are, you know, that's kind of like a different world. But for us beat makers, we really only need like an audio interface just for like our speakers. Uh, if you want some headphones, uh, if you do want to record like a nicer, uh, you know, microphone. And then in addition, it also has like the drivers, which we'll talk about here in a moment uh, for better performance. So what is an audio interface? So an audio interface is just a, an external sound card. Okay. So it's a sound card that you plug in through some type of connection, whether it be like USB, Firewire. Nowadays, they're coming out with like USB 3.0 audio interfaces. Um, now USB-C is becoming a new standard. Um, so it's really, really cool. The audio interfaces have improved a lot. And the whole benefit of the external sound card is yes, you're able to plug in um, all this external gear, you know, high quality speakers, high quality microphones, but you're also able to access their ASIO drivers. Okay. So ASIO is actually a, an amazingly powerful creation, you know, that someone developed uh, and it's super, super powerful. And I'm just looking off of Wikipedia here and I want to read this to you because um, I was just doing a little bit of research on ASIO before I created this podcast because like, you know, I have a general idea of what ASIO is, you know, like 
For example, if you are making your beats, you want to make sure that you're not using like the primary driver. You want to make sure you're using an ASIO driver. ASIO allows you to connect like directly right to the sound card. Whereas if you go through uh, Microsoft's like direct sound, um, you actually have to go through like the software. And the whole problem here is what's called latency. So latency is the time it takes. So right now, if I'm talking to you in the microphone, the time it takes to go into the microphone, into the audio interface, into my computer, back out of my computer so I can actually hear it, okay? And latency is a huge problem in the industry. Um, it's improving, it, 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 so from the first generation of this Focusrite Scarlett audio interface to the second generation, there's been a huge improvement and I'm sure like this, the, the third generation is even better. So ASIO allows you to connect, you know, direct to this actual sound card so that you get the best performance and lowest latency that this equipment can handle, okay? So let me just read you this. Um, I just found it really, really powerful and just gave me some extra clarity into what ASIO really is, okay? So it's just two paragraphs. So uh, audio stream input output is what ASIO stands for. And it is a computer sound card driver protocol for digital audio specified by Steinberg, providing a low latency and high fidelity interface between a software application and a computer's sound card, okay? So again, you don't have to go through like, I guess, Windows through it. It goes right from your sound card to the actual program, such as FL Studio that you're using. So whereas Microsoft's direct sound is commonly used as an intermediary signal path for a non-professional user, okay? So ASIO allows music musicians and sound engineers to access external hardware directly. And that's why you're able to get such good performance um, and lower latency out of it, okay? So I just got one more paragraph here for you. It just clarified a lot of things for me. So ASIO bypasses the normal audio path from a user application through layers of intermediary Windows operating system software so that an application connects directly to the sound card hardware. So each layer that is bypassed means a reduction in latency. So in short, you want to be making sure that you're selecting an ASIO driver. FL Studio now has released uh, what's called the FL, um, I think it's FL Studio ASIO. Um, if I loaded up FL Studio, I'd be able to see it. If you hit F10 in FL Studio, go to the audio tab, you're going to see options for, you know, different sound drivers. Make sure that you are using an ASIO driver. So when I first started, uh, it was like, you know, ASIO for all V2. So that is if you don't have um, an audio interface. And then if you had an audio interface, you wanted to use the actual audio interfaces as your driver because typically it was coded better and it was specific just to like that audio interface. Uh, however, in my experience, sometimes you know, choosing like the actual ASIO for all V2 actually gave better performance back in the day. Now, FL Studio has created their own ASIO driver, and it's really, really awesome because if you use something like OBS, so that's open broadcast software, that's what I use, you know, if you want to like stream or if you want to, you know, record courses and stuff like that. Um, a big problem with using an ASIO driver was that these applications, you were not able to record the audio out of it. So for example, if I was, you know, streaming or if I was recording a tutorial or a course and I was using FL Studio and I was not using the FL Studio ASIO driver, the OBS, so the recording software, would not be able to hear FL Studio's audio. And I'm really, really grateful that they did release that ASIO driver because again, you're able to get that low latency, good performance, and you're also now able to record your desktop audio at the same time. So it's just super, super important that when you have your audio interface, that, you're, that you are selecting an 
uh, an ASIO driver and you guys are going to be good to go. Uh, the last point I want to talk about with your audio interface is like the buffer size, okay? So when you go to actually record your music, in the very, very early stages of the song, you don't have much going on, okay? So you're not going to experience what's called underruns. Underruns is when your CPU cannot handle what you're throwing at it in a sense of like, you know, too many VSTs, too many sounds, etc, etc. So what you will experience with underruns is like glitches, pops, and it really feels like, like your computer is about to break at any moment, depending on how, on how hard you push it. Um, you know, if your computer is a bit weaker, and especially, you know, back in the day when computers weren't as powerful as they are now, I remember like sometimes my computer would just like freeze and it would be like super weird sounding and all of a sudden it would just like everything would go like silent and then like your song would, would go like back to normal once it like it stopped playing like the chorus because typically the chorus is the busiest part of a song has all the instruments going on and so what I'm trying to say is your buffer size you can actually adjust this depending on where you are in your song and also depending on the power of your computer uh, nowadays with my computer I you know I, I built a pretty decent computer uh, for music production and creating all my courses and stuff so I really don't have to fiddle around with this buffer size but in my early years of producing I did so what I'm trying to say is in the very very beginning of your song you can set your buffer size smaller and the reason why you want to do that is because of latency okay because latency is a problem within the industry and there's actually been tests and stuff so you know they actually sat someone down and they were playing with how much latency that they could handle so that they can still play in time. And if there's too much latency, so what happens is, you know, someone presses a note and there's a delay and then that delay goes into their headphones. And as they continue to try and play like, you know, that piece, you know, that musical piece that like they're trying to play, the delay screws them up because, you know, they're focusing on the new note, but the old note is still being played back to them. So it really uh, skews with like your mind. Okay. So when you have a lower buffer size, you get less latency. So in other words, your MIDI keyboard or even a microphone, if you're recording, is more responsive and you you can get better performance out of the player because there's, you know, less delay. But now as the song starts to grow, imagine you had like, you know, 11 instruments, tons of effects. And again, so in the very, very early stages, you know, you start to kind of create more instruments, more VSTs, more melodies, and then you start getting into the mixing and then you get to the mastering. And, and in each of these stages, you may have to play with this buffer size. So again, in the early stages, you might put it down to 512. I typically find that's a, you know, a great area for good responsiveness. Um, and then, you know, let's say we kind of get into like 11 instruments, you know, give or take, depending on your computer's power. Um, now you start to kind of get underruns. You're like, okay, well now you have to hit F10 in FL Studio. You know, just go to like the settings, go to the audio tab, go to the buffer length, and you'll have to increase this maybe now to 1024. And now, you know, maybe that will work fine for you now uh, until maybe you start into like the mixing and mastering stage. And in all honesty, the lower buffer length is really only important when you're actually creating the melodies, okay? Uh, once you pass that stage of the creation stage of like, you know, creating the melodies and stuff, once you're into, you know, adding transitions or the mixing and the mastering stage, you can bump it up to like, you know, the 2048. And if your computer can't even handle that, FL Studio even has the triple buffer option, which will even increase that buffer length even more so that you can even handle more out of your computer. But when you have an audio interface, a good audio interface, and their drivers are coded well, 
you'll be able to get better performance out of your computer because of the audio interfaces, ASIO drivers, and then you may just have to play around with that depending on how powerful your computer is. Okay, so there's some information on audio interfaces. Hopefully it kind of helps you out. Again, I personally, at the at this moment in time, I recommend the Scarlett 2i2. I have the second generation. I haven't tried the third generation, but comparing the second to the first, there was a huge improvement in latency. Okay, so... The first generation had quite a bit of latency still. I wasn't able to get as good a performance out of it. The second generation, it was just like night and day. It was like, whoa, I can handle way more with this audio interface. Okay, and again, just a reminder, try to go to sleep on time tonight. You know, see how your morning is. If it goes good, then you can thank me. <laughs> okay, so again, um, check out the course, how to use a MIDI keyboard as a beat maker. I had tons and tons of questions from you guys about it, so I decided to create one. I'm also going to be creating a, a course here on how to use an audio interface, just kind of a quick up and running course. But again, if you're part of the membership, all these courses are free. They're all part of it. You guys can uh, do a monthly membership or a lifetime access. So it's just a one-time payment. You access all my courses forever. Um, and I'm going to be keep creating all these courses. You know, again, I've acquired more gear. <laughs> I acquired a 4K webcam. I don't want it for the 4K. I just like the 60 FPS. So I'll, I'll be on 1080p, uh, 60 FPS. And the reason why I got the webcam is so you, you guys can actually see like my keyboard in high quality. You know, I just wanted to get a better one so that I can keep these courses with the highest quality gear, uh, you know, that my budget really allows for right now. And, you know, the courses are starting to grow. I'm able to reinvest the money back into higher quality gear. You know, I now have um, a Sony a6400. Uh, the camera has been amazing. If you guys ask questions, I can continue to create courses for these specific questions. If not, you know, I'm going to keep creating courses on uh, just different things I want to teach and talk about. I'm going to be coming out with some um, how to create a beat type courses here soon too, you know, like such as how to create like a hip hop beat or like a dance beat or and if you guys have any input, you know, of what you'd like to see in that. Again, if you're part of like the membership, you guys will be getting it uh, within your membership. Okay, so thanks for listening. Uh, you know, always feel free to reach out to me with questions and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you had any questions, visit itsgratuitous.com slash podcast, select an episode and submit your question at the bottom of the page to the contact form. If you'd like to take my FL Studio courses, see my current studio and podcasting gear, read my books or are interested in lessons, visit the link itsgratuitous.com slash learning. That page will redirect you to more info and resources. I hope the best with your productions. I'm Gratuitous and I'll see you in the next episode.